Are you delivering the ultimate customer experience this summer? Well, if you're not, or if you're not sure you are, you're going to learn all about it on today's show. Today, we're going to have Mr. Scott Deming. He's going to talk to us about managing the customer experience in the summertime season. Listen, we all know we get busy, right? Things get a little crazy, but we cannot lose sight of what's most important, and that is the customer experience. Here's Mr. Scott Deming. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another video lesson as part of the EGIA Seizing the Summer series. I'm Scott Deming, and I'm proud to present my program titled Summer and Beyond, a video guide to the ultimate customer experience. It's getting towards the end of the summer, and that's why I've titled this video Summer and Beyond. In fact, if you want to continue working and profiting beyond this summer, next summer, and many summers to come, you'll want to watch this video and learn how to make that happen. Today we'll be discussing the ultimate customer experience. Not just customer service, the ultimate customer experience. I've been speaking and training on leadership, innovation, branding, and customer experience for a very long time. And no matter what topic I'm speaking and training on or writing about, I always begin with culture. This video is no different. We're gonna discuss how to create the ultimate customer experience, but we're gonna begin with culture. Everything begins and ends with culture. You cannot create outstanding customer experiences if you don't have a passionate and purposeful culture from where that service and experience originates and resonates. You cannot have passionate employees, innovative ideas, outstanding service levels, or loyal customers without a passionate, meaningful culture. The number one factor in determining your success or failure is your company culture. Your ability to consistently deliver unprecedented customer service, make a profit, succeed, and sustain is completely dependent on the culture you have created. Let me explain what culture is and the role culture plays in creating the ultimate customer experience as well as driving all other areas of your business. Culture is the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. Notice I have the word SHARED, bold in all caps. Why? Everyone in your organization absolutely must be on board with the company mission, purpose, and objectives. Everyone in your organization must be passionate about over-the-top service and customer delight even if they never come in contact with a customer. It doesn't matter what your position is, you all impact the customer experience. How can that be? How can someone in the accounting department or the warehouse impact the customer? If just one employee, no matter where he or she works within your company, refuses to buy into your values, purpose, goals, and practices, they are undermining leadership. If just one employee is negative and they have a poor attitude, that negatively and sometimes permanently impacts everyone else. And when those who do have customer interactions are feeling negative or down because of someone else, that negatively impacts the customer experience, whether it's over the phone or in person. This is not a video on culture or leadership, so we won't get into too much detail. The important thing to remember is this. If you believe in creating unprecedented customer experiences and turning customers into loyal evangelists, you must understand the importance of getting everyone at your company on board with this concept. 
Have everyone, no matter who they are and what they do, watch this video. Remind everyone every single day of the importance of consistent, across-the-board, unparalleled customer service and the fact that everyone impacts the customer experience. Remind everyone every day how important it is to stay positive, passionate, and purposeful. So what do you say we get into creating the ultimate customer experience? There are several ingredients that go into the ultimate customer experience formula. Communication, perception, honesty, transparency, emotion, and empathy. Let's start with communication. Everything we do in life, both personally and professionally, requires effective communication skills. Every goal we set out to achieve, every relationship we attempt to enter into, stay in or get out of, every aspect of our jobs from giving direction, understanding and taking direction, collaborating with our colleagues or creating the ultimate customer experience depends on one thing, our ability to communicate effectively. I'd like to use some very amazing advice from a journalist who recommends we should communicate with someone as though we were interviewing them. It sounds strange, I know, but follow me here and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Our communication expert is Celeste Headley. Celeste is an award-winning journalist, professional speaker, and best-selling author. Her TEDx talk, 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation, has over 30 million total views to date. Celeste Headley offers the following advice. I am using seven of her 10 recommendations, as I felt the others were not relative to our customer experience theme. Number one, listen. The most fundamental concept of all good conversations and life in general is the ability to listen. It's the hardest thing to do, but the most important. Think about it. When you're talking, you're in control. You don't have to hear anything you're not interested in. You're the center of attention. You could talk all about how wonderful you and your company are and bolster your own identity. Again, when you're talking, you own the conversation. But it's not, not just about talking. Buddha said, if your mouth is open, you're not learning. You are listening to understand and to offer solutions, not just reply, and it's something that's often but should never be forgotten. Number two, don't multitask. We all know that doing something else, anything else, while someone is trying to have a conversation with us can be frustrating. Think of how you feel when someone is scrolling mindlessly or looking off somewhere while you try and tell them about your day. Think of how you feel when you're explaining something to a homeowner and he or she is distracted by a child or a pet and you need to start all over. Now put yourself in the other person's shoes. Celeste says it's more than just giving them your attention. She says we need to be present, be in that moment. When someone is talking to you, don't think about the argument you had with your boss or your spouse. Don't think about what you're gonna have for dinner. Pay attention and be in the moment for that person. Be in the moment for that person speaking. It's not only courteous, you'll learn something. Number three, don't pontificate. The dictionary defines pontificate as expressing one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous and dogmatic. This is a classic mistake that everyone on the receiving end despises. Your customer doesn't want to be lectured. Yes, you know this stuff, but don't start tossing useless information around just to sound more expert. Nobody wants to be preached to. You're not having a conversation if you're just talking at someone. Be concise to the point. When you speak with a customer, give them the information they need to hear, but do it in a way that makes you sound expert and thoughtful, intelligent and compassionate. The person you're speaking with will be much more inclined to listen to and accept your recommendations.
Number four, use open-ended questions. If you put a complicated question in, you're gonna get a simple answer out. Celeste explains, let them describe it. Here's what I mean. Don't ask them if the airflow seems to be cutting out when the thermostat reaches 71 degrees, or would you like me to run an analysis to see if perhaps your compressor might be losing power? Those are closed-ended questions. Try asking them things like, how warm did it get? How did that make you feel? How long has this been going on? Would you like me to take a closer look? Asking them open-ended questions makes them stop for a moment to think about things, and it guarantees you'll get a much more interesting and detailed response. Number five, go with the flow. Almost everyone is guilty of this speaking sin. Someone will be talking, you'll come up with a great idea or a relative story, and you jump in while the other person is talking. If you don't interrupt, you wait impatiently until the person finishes their sentence, and then you jump in. Either way, you stop listening to what the other person was saying. Let's be honest, we've all done this. We're sitting there having a conversation with a customer or a colleague, and suddenly we remember we forgot to call another customer back, or we need to stop on the way home to pick up something for dinner, and we stop listening. Thoughts will come into your mind and you need to let them go out of your mind. Otherwise, you simply cannot be engaged. Number six, if you don't know, say you don't know. There's nothing worse than being caught pretending to know something we don't. It's embarrassing to say the least. Admitting that you don't know something doesn't make you look dumb. It makes you look honest. Letting the customer know you need to check with someone at the office to make sure you're giving them the best advice or the best service or the best product will go a long way. As the old adage goes, honesty is always the best policy and it should always be that way for conversations. Number seven, don't repeat yourself. Put simply, it's boring and it's condescending. When you repeat yourself, it makes the customer feel as though you care so little about this conversation that you forgot you've already told them before, many times. For whatever reason, when we're talking with a customer and we have a point to make, we tend to keep rephrasing it over and over. There's no need to repeat yourself. Give them more credit, they get it. The next ingredient to creating the ultimate customer experience is perception, or as I like to call it, perceptual reality. What is perceptual reality? To put it simply, it's our imagination. It's that space in our heads where we spend a whole lot of time conjuring up images of ourselves, our company, our service levels, and what we believe the customers think of us. And in almost all cases, none of it's true. It's what we think, not what they think. Several years ago, I was sitting at my desk and uh, I was listening to the radio and Martin Scorsese was on the radio and he was speaking from the Kennedy Center. And he was doing a uh, the history of film. That was his, his talk. Now I'm listening because, not because it was helping me with my business, but because I'm a film buff. I love movies and I, and I love Martin Scorsese. Love all of his movies. So I'm listening, but something that he said actually really resonated with me. And here's what he was talking about. He's talking about the mind's eye. And here's what he said. The mind's eye is the best friend to a filmmaker, and here's why. He said, you see, the mind's eye puts missing information together. We don't have to show you everything. Your mind's eye will complete the story, will complete the scene. He said, I'll give you an example. If I want to show uh, a person leaving his home getting in his car, driving to work, and going up to his office and sitting down behind his desk. He said, I don't have to show him closing the door, walking down the sidewalk, getting into his car, starting the car, driving, stopping at every light, every stop sign, parking his car, walking into the building, getting on the elevator, going up the elevator, walking into his office, hanging his coat, and sitting down. I don't have to show that. He said, that would take the entire movie. 
He said, you know what I have to show you? I show you the man closing the door, starting his car, closing his car door once he gets there, hanging his coat, and then sitting behind a desk. He said, your mind's eye puts all the other missing information together. Let me give you another, another example of this mind's eye putting missing information together. And here's why I'm telling you this, because it's very dangerous unless we understand that this is always happening. Here's an example. A client that I was a consultant for for several years, big manufacturer, and I was talking to a manufacturer's rep. Now, I had a very good relationship with this company, the manufacturer, but one of the reps out there said this. Now, I knew the, the, the director of sales was a wonderful guy and he loved his clients, he loved everybody, but sometimes he wasn't the most responsive. And here's what the person, the manufacturer's rep said to me. He goes, you know what, I gotta be honest with you. He said, I, you know, I really enjoy working with XXX company. He said, but I'm having an awful hard time getting my head around so-and-so. And I said, why is that? He said, you know, he doesn't return my phone calls as quickly as I think he should. You know what, I don't think he really cares about me. I don't think he cares about anybody. Now, remember, he doesn't know that for a fact. He doesn't know anything. He knows that he doesn't get a response when he should. His mind's eye makes the conclusion, puts the conclusion, the scene, the story together, that this man doesn't care. I know for a fact he cares, but his response or lack of response created that conclusion. Here's another example. I was talking to the president of a distributorship. True story, I'm not making any of this up. He said to me, are you ready? He told me that he called one day and the receptionist, now I'm doing, because I have to talk to everybody. I have to talk to employees. When I'm consulting, I have to talk to manufacturers, reps, to customers. Now this, this is a customer. This is a president of a distributorship. He said, I called there one day, their other location. And he goes, and the receptionist was actually very cold. He said, you know what? That's gotta be kind of a pretty crappy place to work, I would imagine. Now, he has no idea what is going on in this woman's life. Maybe it was a temp. Maybe she just got a horrible phone call. Maybe she got into an accident on the way to work. He doesn't know. He concluded with his mind's eye that that place must be a crappy place to work because that person who answered the phone was cold. Let me give you a story about perceptual reality. Quite a few years ago, I was at a major hotel at, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, getting ready to do my keynote. So I, my keynote was at like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11. And I went down to the hotel restaurant for breakfast. I sat at a little table for two. And uh, in front of me is you know, a coffee mug and silverware and, and coffee mug and silverware on the other side. Now, I don't know about you, but I always check out the, the kitchenware before I start eating or drinking. So I picked up the coffee mug that was in front of me and it was filthy. So I swapped it out for the other one. The other one was clean. Waitress came over. She said, would you like a cup of coffee? Yes, please. And then as when she was all done pouring the coffee, I picked up the dirty one. I said, miss, you may want to run this back through the dishwasher. It's very, very dirty. And she looked at it and she goes, oh, it's not dirty. It's stained. <laughs> so, and she put it back down on the table. And then she said this. She said, everybody thinks they're dirty. I said, everybody thinks they're dirty and you put it back on a table, why? She goes, because it's not dirty, it's stained. She goes, if you know how much coffee we run through those things and we run it through the hot dishwasher and it bakes it on, she said it's stained, it's not dirty and she walked away. No, why am I telling you this? Here's why, you see, in their minds and in her mind and in the manager's minds, the mugs are clean because they are. They're, they're literally clean, however, 
I thought it was dirty, and according to this waitress, everybody thinks they're dirty. So now my question to you is this, are those mugs clean or are they dirty? You see, it doesn't matter what you believe about your company. It doesn't matter how much you think you've got everything lined up in the way it's supposed to be. If the customer doesn't perceive that, that's reality. That's the important thing to remember. That's perceptual reality. It doesn't matter what you believe. If it's not coming across to the customer, then the customer is always right. The next ingredient to creating the ultimate customer experience is honesty and transparency. I have to do a bit of boasting here, if I may. I was a very, very fortunate young man in that I had the greatest man on the planet for a father. He was my hero, my rock, and my guiding star. My dad used to tell me, Scott, always follow your true north. Stay true to your compass. You know who you are and what you stand for. Don't ever abandon that. There will be many times throughout your life when you are going to be greatly tempted and greatly challenged. In both cases, you'll think about doing things you know you shouldn't just to get through that point in time. Stay true to yourself and you will never regret it. He said, no matter how much of a win it may feel like at the time, it'll come back to bite you. In his book, The Ultimate Question, Fred Reichold writes, there is good profit and there is bad profit. He summarizes by writing, whenever a customer feels misled, mistreated, ignored, or coerced, then profits from that customer are bad. Sometimes we're busy or we're just not feeling it, so we deliver a subpar customer experience. We still get paid and we still make a profit. The profit from that interaction is bad profit. Sometimes we believe we can sell a more expensive system than what the customer actually needs because that customer trusts us. We just made a really big profit, but that profit is bad profit. Speaker, author, and business expert Brian Tracy said whenever he holds a strategic planning session, the first value that all the executives agree on is integrity. Leaders know that honesty and integrity are the foundations of leadership. Leaders stand up for what they believe in. For example, John Huntsman Sr. is a multi-billionaire who started a chemical company from scratch and grew it into a $12 billion enterprise. His book, Winners Never Cheat is filled with stories taken from his own experience in which he steadfastly refused to compromise his principles. Huntsman says that integrity is the reason that he has been as successful as he is. There are no moral shortcuts in the game of business or life, writes Huntsman. There are basically three kinds of people, the unsuccessful, the temporarily successful, and those who become and remain successful. The difference is character. In my second book, Powered by Purpose, I referenced a client for whom I spoke as I wrote about culture, leadership, ethics, and integrity. John Davy started the Davy Tree Company in 1880, and it's alive and well today. In a letter John Davy wrote to his son Martin, he outlined what he believed to be the guiding principles for sound business ethics and behavior. The one piece of advice that resonated most with me was this. He said, above everything, make your word good. That's what he wrote to his son, Martin. You should be judicious about the sorts of commitments you make. Whenever keeping your word is out of your control, you must straight away tell the person to whom the promise was made. Be honest and transparent with your customers. If for any reason you cannot keep a commitment or if you make a mistake, take the high road and let them know. Let them know immediately. You may get an angry customer because something took longer than expected or ended up costing a little more than originally discussed, but you will never be accused of being dishonest. And that, my friend, will go a long, long way. Honesty, transparency, integrity, and character will set the customer at ease and set you apart from most others just trying to make a sale. Be you. 
there's nobody better at it than you. The next ingredient to creating the ultimate customer experience is emotion. Let me give you a little science behind emotion and how important this is in creating that connection with your customer, that relational selling. Do you know that 90 to 95% of every decision, purchase, choice you and I make, in fact, every human on the planet, 90 to 95% of everything we do is based on emotion? That's a scientific fact. I'm not making that up. That's not philosophizing. That's a scientific fact. So why, I'm gonna ask you this. Knowing, knowing that 90 to 95% of every single thing a customer does, every choice, purchase, decision they make is based on emotion, why do we still interact with them on such a transactional, pragmatic level? Everything you do, everything you do throughout your organization as you're managing your employees, as you're working with your colleagues, as you're communicating with your customers, it needs to be laced with emotion. Now, it's not just everything you say, it's everything you say, you write, you put on your website, you send out an email. Let me give you an example of how even the written word can change an emotional response, can actually give a different response depending on how the words are structured. Are you ready? So here is a, a video I saw many, many years ago. The video goes like this. There was a, um, an old homeless man, 80, I don't know how old he was. And he was, I mean, this was not like put together make-believe. There was this blind homeless man, he was real funky eyes, sitting in a real kind of a, a, a metro area, looked like a big state office building or a federal building. He's on the concrete, it's busy, it must have been lunch hour. People are just walking back and forth, milling around. This old man, disheveled, old coat and just sitting on concrete and he's got a, p a piece of cardboard and on the cardboard is written, I'm blind, please help. Okay, so think about this for a second. I'm blind, please help. Can you relate with that? Can you relate to that? No, you cannot. You want to know why? Because you're not blind. So if somebody says, I'm blind, you're like, wow. Now, he's sitting there with a piece of cardboard written on it in marker, I'm blind, please help. Now, nobody's paying attention. People are walking by. Every now and then, a coin would be tossed his way. Nobody's paying any attention to this guy. From me to my camera away, eight feet, 10 feet, there were these two young teenage girls, 15, 16 years old. They're from, they're 15, 10 feet away from this homeless blind man, and they're sitting there and they're chewing gum and, and smiling and joking and playing on their phones, ignoring him. So a little while later, this middle, I don't know, mid-30s, professionally dressed a woman comes walking by, and when she sees him, she's walking by, and she looks, and she stops, and she pivots, and she starts approaching him. Do you know what we think? This is what you think about when you're watching this. As soon as she starts approaching this man, I immediately went, oh, she's gonna give him a bunch of money. So she walked up to this gentleman, he heard her coming close, and he just sat there, she reaches down, she pats him on the hand, she goes, excuse me, and she grabbed the cardboard. She turned it around to the blank side, reaches into her pocket, and she starts writing something. Now as she's doing this, the blind man is feeling her shoes. He wants to know, who is this? Literally, that's how he's gonna be able to tell who it is. So she's all done, she caps the marker, she puts it back into her pocket, she puts this piece of cardboard down, puts his hand on it, she pats him on the hand, she says, God bless, and she walked away. Within 
seconds. People are walking by and they look at the sign and they're pulling money out of their pocket and they're throwing it at them. They're giving them changes, bouncing. He's trying to drag it all in. He's going, thank you, bless you, bless you, thank you. He didn't even know what was happening. A little while later, here comes this woman, same woman from a different direction. She sees all the commotion. She gets a big smile on her face. She walks right up to him. He hears the shoes. He reaches out, grabs her shoes. He goes, oh my God, it's you, it's you. He said, what did you do to my sign? She said, I did nothing to your sign. She said, I didn't change what you said. I merely changed how you said it. This is what was before. I'm blind, please help. No reaction. This is what she wrote. It's a beautiful day and I can't see it. I can't see you, but I promise you, I guarantee you, you just got a little bit of a chill. Hair stood up on your arms. You want to know why? Because now you can relate to that. When you can relate to something, then it strikes a chord. You have to understand when you're speaking to and communicating with and trying to create an experience for your customers, I'm not asking you to change what you say. I'm asking you to change how you say it. Make it relevant. Make it emotional. Make it important to them. I'm not asking you to change what you sell. I'm asking you to change how you sell it. Create an emotional connection with your customers. Let them know you're there for them. They're the most important thing in the world at that moment in time for you. And I promise you, it will contribute greatly to creating the ultimate customer experience. And the final ingredient to creating the ultimate customer experience is what I like to call the secret to life, empathy. Here's the good news. We all have it. We're actually born with it. There's a part of our brain that's actually, that controls empathy. And here's the definition of empathy. Empathy. We all, we all have the ability to feel another person's joy, pain, happiness, sadness. And in fact, if we're in close enough proximity, this physiologically happens. We actually feel another person's feelings without them ever opening their mouths. We can relate, we can feel them without ever hearing a word. We all have that ability. That's the good news. The bad news is we don't all use it. Now, I call it the secret to life, but only if we take it a step further. We all have the ability to feel another person's happiness, sadness, joy, and pain. That's one thing. But having the sincere, deep desire to make a difference, to do something about it, that's another thing. That's another thing. We need to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And we have to ask ourselves this. If I were that person looking at me, what would I love from me? I know this person's going through something. What would I love? What, what would I wish, hope, dream that somebody would bring to the table for me? Think about this. You're with a customer. You, you're, you're making a sale. You're doing you know, a, a cleaning check, whatever you're doing. Now, whatever it is you're doing, you may not understand that they have trepidation, they have angst, they have fears that this is going to cost too much. They're nervous because they, they, they just don't have the money, whatever it is. Now, you need to put yourself in their shoes and understand that these are the feelings they're going through. And when you do, have the sincere desire to figure out a way to allay those fears, make that go away. Let me, let me give you an example of, of empathy and how this works. We go home at the end of the day, all right? We had a busy day. We had a busy day, and uh, we go home at the end of the day. The kids come running, and mommy, daddy, guess what happened? Okay, pat, pat, pat. You know, we, we, we got stuck in traffic. We're in a bad mood. We had a horrible day. We, we actually lost business. We got yelled at by a customer, whatever. So we're in this. We're, we go home at the end of the day, and that's how we're going to approach our home world. Now, I want you to watch this. 
The door flies open, the kids come running, mommy, daddy, guess what? Okay, you know what, pat, 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 you know, excuse me. Here comes a significant other. Hey, hon, guess what? Hey, you know what? Just, you know, where's the remote? Give me 45, 60 minutes. Let me unwind. It's what we do. It's what we do. You want to know why? Because we're looking at our home world from our perspective. I want you to try something. Empathy, the secret to life. Try this. When you go home at the end of the day, I don't care what kind of day you had. I'm not saying that because I'm cold. I'm saying that because your kids don't care. Do you honestly God think your kids care what you do for a living? I want you to try something. The next time you're all sitting around eating dinner, start talking about your job. And depending on how old your kids are, if they're not involved in your business, look at their faces and watch how quickly their eyeballs roll over in, in, into the backs of their heads. They don't care. They don't care what you do. They don't care how long it took, how much it costs, how bad your back hurts, how you were stuck in traffic. They don't care about all that stuff. Hey, and you know who else doesn't care? Everybody. Nobody cares. So I want you to try this. The next time you go home, I want you to turn it around. When that door opens and those kids come running, put yourself in their shoes. Turn around and look at yourself and ask yourself this question. If I were those little people right now looking at me, what would I love from me? What would I love from me at this moment? I promise you, you will not have the ability to go, excuse me, pat, pat, you won't do it. You want to know why? Because you're no longer looking at your home world from your perspective. You're looking at it from theirs. Now, I want you to try this. This is a secret to life in business. Put yourself in your customer's shoes every single time, every time, and ask yourself this question. If I were that customer right there looking at me, knowing, knowing what they may be thinking about, may be nervous about, if I were that customer right now looking at me, what would I love from me at this very moment in time? I promise you, you change your perspective. You put yourself in other people's shoes and you ask yourself that question. If I were them looking at me, what would I love from me? And I, I promise you, it'll change everything about you. It'll immediately and forever change everything from revenue stream to relationships. It'll change the way you live, the way you love, and the way you serve. Well, my friends, that's another Seizing the Summer video lesson. I hope you enjoyed this particular lesson on creating the ultimate customer experience. As always, I enjoyed being here with you. Until next time, I'm Scott Deming. Awesome content right there, as always, from our Seizing the Summer series. Now listen, if you like the content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now. All you got to do is fill out the form on this page. This is powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and get ready for the dreaded slow season this fall. Well, that's it for today, folks. We'll see you again very soon. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.